I think that verse is so poignant because it tells us, it doesn't tell us you're not going to suffer. It doesn't tell us you're not going to have trials. It doesn't tell us that everything's going to be, as I like to tell my congregation, uh, sunshine, gumdrops, rainbows, and lollipops. It's not going to be that all the time. Welcome to the Where the Wild Things Aren't podcast as we continue the discussion this week with Jamie Shell on living a Christ-like life in the midst of a chaotic world as we talk about what it looks like to live like Christ and hopefully help you make some decisions that you might need to make in your life. But here is the rest of that conversation. Sometimes you have to back up and look at the perspective of all sides before making decisions and do we have a problem with that or maybe we just need to step back and switch the light on in the room well there's that too (laughs) but i mean do we have a problem with that if you get i believe if you get to a point that that whatever that perspective is I, i firmly believe that that whatever you gauge as a perspective, you know, it it has to be weighed by this, you know, it has to be weighed by the word. Absolutely. Uh, You know, the word is, is the, you know, the infallible word of God is what we go by. That's what we, we adhere to. And I think you have to not only read the word for what the word says and what you read as the words within the word, but you also have to see the context, see the meaning, um, understand where it came from. You know, that verse I I mentioned earlier from uh, Philippians 1, verse 12, you know, about uh, uh, Paul making that comment. I can't remember. I was trying to remember it from from my head again. I can't remember. Let me me find it real quick here. Yeah, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. Mm -hmm. When I said think about what's happened, think about perspective. I, I, I don't know if we would have even the book of Philippians if Paul and Silas hadn't been jailed in Philippi. I see that. If they hadn't had the experiences that they had, it wouldn't have produced the results of some of the things that we see in ministry, that we've seen in Paul's ministry. You mentioned earlier about being marginal. And Paul, if you if you look at Paul's qualifications, which in in that one famous verse, I guess in Second Corinthians, I want to say that he, he you know, he reminds people that he was a Pharisee of Pharisees. You know, we know he learned under Gamaliel. We know he had all this this high pedigree as one of the, the sharpest minds within uh, within the Jewish ruling council. Seems like he'd have quite the pedigree to be quite the one to be uh, a teacher and a leader. But again, he was a religious leader that that completely did a 180. Right. And his whole mindset changed after an encounter with Jesus that told him, oh, all those things are great, but I'm paramount. <laughs> you're going to follow me. You're going to you're you're going to be my ambassador. You're going to be my apostle. You're going to be my, my, my teacher. You're going to be the one who is sharing my gospel. And yes, Paul, I'm sure Paul used those skills that he had learned throughout his life to, to minister. We, we look even as, as uh, in Acts, uh, we go to where he goes to Athens. And that, that sermon he delivers uh, to, to the Greeks in Athens says, you know, I've walked around your fair city and I've seen all these different, uh, these, all these different statues and all these different, uh, um, setups for 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 these many many gods, and I, as I was walking through, I even see this one that says to an unknown god. 
because they wanted to make sure they covered everything. Oh yeah. You know, those Greeks, they wanted to make sure that they had every, you know, no stone unturned. They didn't want to miss a God in any way. They had, you know, they had their Zeus, they had all the other, you know, all the other great, the great gods they followed, you know, uh, but they didn't want to miss one. So they had that to an unknown God, just in case they didn't have one, you know, ready. And Paul was brazen and, and bold and, and, and uh, led by the spirit enough to say, look, I saw this, but what you claim is unknown. I'm going to tell you about. Right. And he used that way of speaking and that, that manner in which he ministered to also in his own way, reach the marginal. And, and Christ, I believe is still doing that today. Amen. I mean, he's doing it through, you know, highly educated, uh, you know, doctors of philosophy and he's doing it through, uh, you know, congregation members of country preachers you know it, it's not you know i'm just just trying to give you a, a, a you know a two different ends of the spectrum there but he's still you 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 don't have to have you know you don't have to have a degree you don't have to have a, a you know a, a, all this book learning as they call it around these parts to be able to to be used for the kingdom of god and you mentioned these people like abraham like david um, I mean, I, I just preached this past week on, on Jacob, you know, remember Jacob and, and his mother had this plan that, that Jacob was supposed to get his, his, uh, his father's blessing, the great deceiver. So what they do, they, they made, they made, you know, they made this nice bowl or whatever of, of, you know, Jacob's favorite food. And then Rebecca puts Jacob in this, this get up, whatever kind of outfit it was and make him, you know, hairy, like a Bigfoot or something. I don't know. And then with Isaac's bad eyesight, he just felt that the hair that, that Jacob had had on his on his body and, and, and gave him his blessing because that was so important was that blessing uh, in that time, a blessing to be passed down. Uh, and Jacob had intended to give it to Esau because Esau was Jacob's favorite son or was Isaac's favorite son, beg your pardon. Right. But, and, you know, and it's interesting, though, that when Isaac finds out about the truth, he refuses to take back the blessing. And he was a man of principle. I mean, I, yeah. You know, Isaac, for, for all, you know, his favorites. Of course, Rebecca, you know, Jacob was was her favorite. But, you know, that yeah, he still he still honored God and honored his commitment. You know, honored his his promise and that and that blessing what it was. You know, and, and, but, you know, we have this this long line of fallibility. <laughs> that, that'd be a good that'd be a good title for a book someday. The long line of fallibility. Uh, I, I'm uh, I'm not going down that wormhole with you yet, but <laughs> I, you know we we there are faults and you know you can go through all these all all the individuals in, in scripture so many that that had their foibles you know that had their struggles yeah you, know, you mentioned Peter specifically you know he took the the sword to Malchus <laughs> very well Malchus. documented <laughs> yes you know we talked about how that was well documented you know uh, you know uh, he, Paul made mistakes. Everywhere we, we sin, and 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 in the society in which we're in, gosh, today you know you have social media, the technology we have, you know, a slip up that happens today, you know, twenty years ago, maybe very few, if any, people would know about. But you know, these days, if you do something, you know, if you do something stupid, and somebody gets it on video, it'll spread like, well, I'll say wildfire, just to be. <laughs> it'll, it'll spread like wildfire 
You know, I mean, it, there there's a reason boom. it's called viral. <laughs> exactly. It goes viral. Exactly. It just goes everywhere. Um, and you see it, you know, and, and it's just that magnification of mistakes. Um, but but I'm so grateful that that God has said, you know, you know, that, that, that we know through the Psalms, you know, of course, we read that, uh, you know, that, that, that he's our shepherd, you know, that he prepares that table for us and. We read also that, you know, as far as the east is from the west, we read that so far as he removed our transgressions from us uh, in him. Um, that, there's that, that hope that we have that that even even despite as fallible as we are, even in especially in, in our society today. So uh, so many people are so quick to to throw stones to inside arguments mm-hmm. to to argue just to hear what was, what was it in, in scripture the uh, some people they, they speak just to hear their their voices ring you know they just just to hear the clanging of their their own voice well yeah I mean and and you know in we we hear first Corinthians 13 mentioned a lot when we mm-hmm. talk about weddings everybody wants to go verses four through eight read verses one through three. You know, if you have all of these things but have not love, you're a clanging symbol. You're useless. You're you have nothing. And Paul is very poignant to that point, saying, look, the love of God must be in you regardless of how you carry yourself. The focal point of our lives has to be that love of God. I think you and I may have had this conversation earlier today, and if not, it was someone else, but I'll say it here. When we need to real, what we need to realize as Christians is the book we have to study, regardless of any other book that we could ever come across, commentaries, whatever, the one book that we were given that we need to take the most from is God's word. And in that, We have to realize one thing. The Bible, God's holy word, leads us to a relationship with Jesus, the living word. And the Bible itself is a love story. The whole thing. And if you don't believe me, go to Genesis 1 and see how he formed man. It wasn't let there be man. It was... Let me take a pinch of this, a little bit of that. Let me put it together and form him with my own hands. We are the handiwork of God. No other creation on this earth can say that. We are the handiwork of God. We are handmade by the master. That's everything else was spoken into. Right. We read throughout Genesis 1. He he spoke and it happened. But he didn't just speak for man. You're right. Absolutely. no doubt about that. And so it's a love story. And so the love of God must be the most evident thing, I think, in us. So in a chaotic pandemic with every possible, I mean, the script for this year could not have been written by Hollywood in some yeah. realities. <laughs> I mean, honestly, they tried and they called it 2012. They missed it by eight years. Um, but 
all of these things that we're looking at, how do we put forward that love of God to find peace in the chaos of today? I think it has to start, Philip, with us realizing how deep the Father's love is for us. Beautiful song. It has to. It has to start with that. It has to start with, with how deep and 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 how, how how strong the love is that that God has for us, and, and truly recognize the the great lengths He went to, to, to tell us and show us that, that love that He has for us, um, a love that, that was not something that was, coerced out of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was something that uh, a love that 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 we have to freely accept and freely give uh, freely offered by him and if that love isn't coursing through our veins it's really difficult for us to to manifest that outwardly I believe to, to others if that love is a paramount if something else is taking that place of, of that love you know, they say, you know, that the, we read that anything that that is in the place of God as the top of the, the throne of our lives, it's an idol. Um, and if, if if love isn't at the top of that, again, you know, for the fruit of the spirit is. What's the first thing? It's love. And I think that was intentional for Paul. To do. Well, I think I really the other eight that. go with it. Yeah, I, I really I mean, believe they're all part of the same group. I mean. They all are evidence that Christ is alive in you. You know, and, and, and love, love is the the fruit um, that you know that 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 first fruit of of our relationship with with God. Um, and and I believe that when we let other things come in and take root, um, you know, that's that's when the salt loses its saltiness. You know, that that's when you know our our witness. Uh, our our faith can can be tested, and that's when, unfortunately, in in some cases, you know, our faith isn't what it needs to be or what it should be, and and maybe that can affect others negatively. Uh, sometimes we we might even lead people on a way that would be um, contrary to what God's will would be and what He would desire in our lives. Well, I, I... you know. I, I keep thinking about this word, Philip, focus. That, that word keeps, I've got, throughout this conversation, I've kept hearing that, that idea, this, this idea of a, uh, of a focus. I did a, a series of messages uh, a while back about, it was called fixed focus, and I've had to take a lot of pictures in my newspaper job. You know, and you could have that, that auto focus where, well, you, you own cameras, you know this. Yeah. You, you know, you push your, your shutter, your button halfway down, and what happens, that, 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 that lens knows to focus on whatever it's being pointed at. Uh, you know, it can be said where it's just a, a if it's autofocus, it's right that center of that photo. And I wonder if there are many times that maybe this pandemic has done it. Maybe other factors in our lives have caused when we're pushing that button, it, it, that focus isn't coming. Yeah, uh, it's still a still a blurred vision. Um, and uh, I think this pandemic and a lot of believers has. Has has unfortunately caused us to to lose focus. That's that's I can't or I can't say to focus on the wrong thing. On the wrong thing, yeah. Our focus is 
on something else because that happens too sometimes you'll push that button and it'll focus on something on the right side of the photo and you'll take the picture and and you want something to be in focus that that you want but it ends up being something else and the photo part that you really wanted was blurry and when that happens the photo is basically worthless now there have been times when that's happened by accident and it's really worked out well by yeah. no by no work of my own okay uh, but but that's the, the point is that it, it isn't our work to start with, but this idea of, of, of focusing on on Christ and focusing on our walk in him during this time. You know, we, we talked also earlier, Philip, about how the pandemic in our own lives has uh, caused us to shift our focus, mm-hmm. uh, whether it be physically, emotionally, spiritually, uh, you know, to to think about areas and think about, you know, things that had the pandemic not taking place, maybe we would have overlooked or maybe we would just continued on a, on a similar, just a regular same trajectory. I firmly believe that based on what has happened to me in this, God used this time to completely shift my focus uh, from where I thought I needed to be to where I do really need to be. And Two things have come to mind in this conversation. Uh, one being Peter. I mentioned him in the boat earlier. Mm-hmm. The reality of Peter getting out of the boat. Jesus called him on the water. He got out of the boat and he didn't sink until he lost focus on Christ and began to focus on the storm. Right. As long as we're seeking him in the midst of the storm, we're walking on water and we're fine. But we got to remember too, Peter also walked a second time on water or he was carried one of the two. I don't know. I wasn't there, but when Jesus pulled him out, he went back to the boat. You know, when Jesus pulled him out, he had to go back to the boat. So he had to have walked on the water a second time or be carried. But the other thing that comes to mind is first Corinthians chapter seven in verse 17 Paul begins this discussion. It's almost out of place because you have a conversation to married and unmarried, but in the midst of it, you have this conversation about various situations that we might face in life. And he says, let each one live his life in the situation the Lord assigned when God called him. This is what I command in all the churches. Was anyone already circumcised when he was called? He should not undo his circumcision. Was anyone called while uncircumcised? He should not get circumcised. And again, circumcision, obviously the covenant with Abraham that God made. But here he says, circumcision does not matter and uncircumcision does not matter. Keeping God's commands is what matters. Keeping God's commands is what matters. And then I love this next part of the conversation. Let each of you remain in the situation in which he was called. Were you called while a slave? Don't let it concern you. But if you can become free, by all means, take the opportunity. For he who was called by the Lord as a slave is the Lord's freed man. Likewise, he who is called as a free man is Christ's slave. You were bought at a price Do not become slaves of people. Brothers and sisters, each person is to remain with God in the situation in which he was called. That the whole mentality of remaining where you were when you first met 
Christ, when he first entered your life, where were you when he called you? And remain in that situation. Don't try to fix things to make it better. Remain in that moment because we all know the first moment of our life anew in Christ is the best. You, you know, he he even told, uh, was it the church at, was it the church at Ephesus in Revelation where he says you've forgotten your first love? Mm, was it Ephesus? I, it was one of them. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm... my brain's my I'm a, you know he tells the church he says you've forgotten your yeah, first you're love. Right. Yeah, it was Ephesus. It was Ephesus. And and he says he was like you had this and you forgot what it was all about. But the the idea of Paul just saying, remain in the situation in which you were called. You know, because obviously there was a reason for you to. Now, that doesn't mean that things won't come up. We can't change circumstances. And obviously, in the conversation he's having there, he's talking about this divide between the Jews and the Gentiles. But just that mentality to remain in the situation in which you were called. You know, but if you have the opportunity to do more, if that's presented to you, take it and become more for Christ. And he even, you know, throw in that conversation in. If you were free when you were called, you're now Christ's slave. But if you were called as a slave, you are now his freed man. In other words, he still has authority over you, but you are free in Christ. And. You know, just that whole mentality, remain in the situation. It's interesting. You, you've talked a lot about, uh, you know, with, with Peter. And I was thinking about some things that he had said. You know, we, we read we read about Paul talking about the suffering for Christ. And we, we read about his, uh, his thorn. And we read about uh, the different uh, trials and, again, struggles <laughs> that, that he dealt with throughout that ministry. But, but Peter said something in, in his first letter, which I, that just struck me, that I, that I had to track it down while you were talking and, and kind of put it in context, too. Um, he says, however, if you suffer as a Christian in the fourth chapter in the 16th verse, he says, however, if you suffer as a Christian, he says, don't be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. Um, I don't know how often we think about praising God when we're in the middle of a storm. You know, again, Peter was in that storm, and you know, we, we we dwell on the fact that he did sink, the fact that he did lose focus, the fact that 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 Jesus did have to to uh, pick him up, and, and he, he and got out to, of the boat, kind of, kind of, yeah, and chide <laughs> him, you know. But Peter did; he got out of the boat, you know. He 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 was willing to do that when the others wouldn't, you know. He 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 was doing; he was the bold one, you know. He was the one on the Mount of Transfiguration. It's like. Well, Let's build a temple. Let's do this. Let's, do... Let's, let's build some tents. I, let's, let's build some tents. We need to... I often to... view Peter as the dog out of up. The excited, like, ADD, if it can happen, let me put my ideas out here. Squirrel, you know? I mean, like, oh. I see Peter as that kind of guy, like, because he, he often spoke without without thinking. But when he did, sometimes it was absolutely phenomenal. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. the first time that he speaks and Jesus says, but who do you say that I am? And he, and without reservation, I mean, now I wasn't there, 
But that initial statement he makes and he says, he says, you're the Christ, the son of God. You're, you're my savior. You're the Messiah. And Jesus says, man didn't tell you that. That wasn't revealed to you by man. And, you know, I have a hundred percent certainty knowing what I've seen in Peter's life. I don't know that Peter fully understood what he was saying in that moment. No, but then again, I never do. So, (laughs) and with technology, you're, you're getting half of the conversation at times with me and you tonight. So, uh, you know, right, right. You know, you don't know what I'm saying either. I don't know what you're saying either. There you go. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. Um, but you know, this 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 time in history, this time of where we are, you said earlier is it's just unprecedented. That's mm-hmm. that's a word we keep hearing over and over is unprecedented. And um, uh, a couple of verses later that that Peter speaks there in in that fourth chapter. Uh, it's just so hard. He's very end of that fourth chapter in verse 19. I, I just love this verse. He says, So then those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. I think that verse is so poignant because it tells us, it doesn't tell us you're not going to suffer. It doesn't tell us you're not going to have trials. It doesn't tell us that everything's going to be, as I like to tell my congregation, uh, sunshine, gumdrops, rainbows, and lollipops. Not going to be that all the time. Um, but Peter encourages there. Peter the rock, Peter the abrasive one, uh, Peter whose life was changed, Peter who who went to prison, Peter who was uh, able to you know to be used in such a mighty way, uh, was able to tell us that those of us in the will of God who suffer, that if we continue to stay faithful. He would continue to do that, continuing to do good, continue to, to, to be faithful to his name, that, that we'll be all right, that, that we'll, we'll get through it uh, with God as part of it, mm-hmm. uh, with God in our lives, uh, regardless of what it may be. And there are, Philip, so many things that try to divide us. Um, I, I, I don't like being a divider. I, I never have. I, I've always said uh, in my own life that, I would much rather, if you're going to bring me a problem, I'd much rather hear a solution. You know, it's easy to complain about what's wrong, uh, but it's harder to roll up your sleeves and, and try to, to come up with a solution on how to, to, to help make things right. Um, to try to find those, those ways to, to reach the masses, find those ways to, to, to do right by others, to treat others as Christ would, would have us uh, treat others, the way we would want to be treated, as he tells us. Um, and, you know, you turn on the news, and you don't see a lot of that. You don't see a lot of it. And, and it, it is, it's tough. It's difficult. It's, it's hard. Um, but, again, that's where the, the, the prism that, that we look at life through the Word of God, like you said earlier with that cylinder, you know, we look through that prism of, of God's Word. That's what clarifies things for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's, that's the great clarifier. Uh, that, that's, what, that's what brings... To, to that clear focus for us, who we are and who we are in Jesus, you know, who we are as a child of God, uh, regardless of our background, uh, of our uh, color of our skin, uh, denomination that we may be, um, you know, uh, as, as children of the King, you said earlier, we were, we were formed by his own hand. And 
knowing that that same God who formed us has also said uh, that I won't leave you, that I won't forsake you. That should be heartening. That should be comforting to us, especially now. Oh, absolutely. That should be such a comfort and such a, 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 a again, an anchor to hold on to, uh, just a, something we can cling to with all our might. Well, I, you're, you're absolutely right, and I think that ultimately that's what we have to um, – that's what we have to settle in into mm-hmm. and realize that in the midst of the chaos, we cannot allow the hatred, the opinions, the anger to override the truth. And given the names that Jesus was called, he is the ultimate truth. He is mm-hmm. the way, the truth, the life. He is the son of God. He is the good shepherd. He is the prince of peace. He is not our slave. He's not our servant. Yet he came and made himself a servant. It doesn't mean yep. we give him orders. Um, I, I was thinking of just a couple of quick things. Real, uh, One of them, I can't find the reference right now, and, and I have it marked in another Bible that I don't have with me. Uh, but Jesus, with the two who are asking, we want to sit on your right and your left, uh, James and John. Mm-hmm. It's like, we want to do whatever, or we want you to do what we ask you. You know, talking about that, putting Jesus in our box conversation. Right. Mm-hmm. And he says, and, and, and I can imagine the conversation. He says, what do you want me to do for you? Like, it's got to be dripping with sarcasm at that point. And they answered, allow us to sit at your right and your left. And Jesus goes into the conversation and says, you don't know what you're asking. And I think we run into that conversation a lot in our lives today. We hear something somewhere. We think of something some somehow. And immediately we don't know what we're talking about. We don't know what we're asking. But we've taken it as fact. We've jumped down this rabbit hole or this wormhole. And he says, are you able to drink the cup I drink or to be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with? And then they say, we are able, mm-hmm. much like we do. And his next response, you will drink the cup I drink. You will be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or my left is not mine to give. Instead, it is for those for whom it has been prepared. In other words, he's ultimately saying to them, I have no control over that. You you will have you will face the same things that I will and then when the other 10 heard it they begin to come you know they were upset with these two well mm-hmm. if we look back in the scripture and we look back at the conversations and you know what is it that Jesus says to the disciples uh, kind of going back to some of what you said about Peter a minute ago and what he wrote Jesus says to the disciples he says in this world you will have trouble this world hated me and it's going to hate you because of me. But fear not, I have overcome the world again, almost back to the conversation I started with. These things must happen. They will hate you because it hated me first. You know, they despised me because I bore the truth. I exposed them. I showed them the darkness that was their life and brought it to light. And when we live that Christian life, that's how 
he draws them in is by exposing them, but then offering grace, offering mercy, offering hope. It's not something I do. I can't, I can't lead anyone to Christ. I can only be a vessel by which he delivers the message. But in that, I believe, you know, it's not about the numbers. It's not about anything more than living an example that others can follow, which is exactly what Jesus did. Jesus didn't tell them how to live. He showed them how to live. He may have spoken it, but how did the disciples learn? Take up your cross and follow me. You know, mm-hmm. he yeah. goes and tells him, he says, do you want to be a fisher of men? Follow me. The whole ministry of Jesus was about follow me. Be led. Be led. Psalm 139. People use that to talk about some things. But David at the very end of that says, Lord, search me. Know the wickedness in me. Know what wicked ways are in me. And then he says the words, lead me in the way everlasting. This is a man that didn't know Jesus. Lead me in the way everlasting. Because Jesus didn't come until he came out of the line of David. Mm-hmm. But he was not David's. He, he, he hadn't come. David didn't know of the way that Jesus led. But he asked God to lead me in the way everlasting. You mentioned the verse earlier. I've told you these things in me. You may have peace in this world. You'll have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. Mm-hmm. Um, the disciples, you know, they, they followed Jesus. They walked with him. They spent three and a half years with him pretty much in, in ministry. They saw him do these. They, they, they saw him do so many things. They heard him teach so many things, but it's right before that verse that, that I've always found really intriguing. Uh, when Jesus is, is telling them these things, and he says uh, in that chapter 16, though I've been speaking fairly, a time will come where I'll no longer use this kind of language to tell you plainly about my father. Tells them that day um, you'll ask him my name, and in uh, that day, yeah, you'll ask him my name. I'm not saying that I will ask the father on your behalf. No, the father himself loves you because you have loved me. And I believe that I came from God. I came from the Father and entered the world. Now I'm leaving the world and going back to the Father. Jesus wraps this whole this discourse of what he's teaching them in the upper room. And then verse 29, the Jesus' disciples said, Now you're speaking clearly. Now you're speaking without figures of speech. Now we can see that you know all things and that uh, you, you do not even need to, to have anyone ask you questions. This makes us believe that you came from God. Yeah, what took so long? <laughs> yeah, and he even says, "Do you now believe?" She's like, "It's like Jesus is saying, now, really, really now, you're getting okay. You now believe. A time's coming when, in fact, uh, and in fact has come when you'll be scattered." And he says, "Each to your own home. You'll leave me all alone. Yet I'm not alone. My Father's with." Right, And that's what he says right before that, what you mentioned earlier. Yeah, but I mean, I love it that he healed a blind man. He made the lame to walk. He caused uh, the lepers to be healed. He raised a man from the dead. Multiple people from the dead, really. I mean, Jairus' daughter and all these. And yet it took this for them to say, oh, you mean... 
that's who you are. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's, yeah, it's like, like huh? it's like this, these <laughs> aha moments. Yeah. And you know, we have them too. We, we have those aha moments too. Uh, when something happens and it's like, you know, it's uh, like when the old VA commercial, wow, I should have had a VA, you know, you had this aha moment. Yeah. Um, but you just, you realize that's what you're teaching me or that's what, that's what you're trying to get at. And I know in my life, there have been times where that, that aha moment has taken a long right. time for it to register uh, because of either my own stubbornness, because of my own ignorance or my lack of complicity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one of those well, uh, that it's happened multiple times and multiple instances. And when God needs to get our attention, he will. And I know we're, we're probably going to need to wrap this up, but you know, one thing, I mean, we can sit and talk for hours. I'm, I'm good. I, I'm just trying to think of, uh, the people. And we usually do. <laughs> yeah. Um, true, true that, true that. No, I, God will get her attention in, in many ways. And what I think is interesting is, uh, you know, obviously John chapter 12, Jesus does predict his crucifixion to the people. It says there were Greeks among them who went up to worship at the festival. You go through this whole thing. And Jesus gets to this part and he says, now my soul is troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But that is why I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. And this is one of those verses that I never thought about much growing up. The end of verse 28. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. And then the crowd standing hears it and say it's thunder. Others say an angel has spoken to them or to him. And Jesus responds and says, this voice came not for me, but for you. And he says, now is the judgment of the world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. As for me, I am lifted up from the earth and I will draw all people to myself we hear that verse quite often in the church but we don't think about the fact that there was a voice that spoke some heard thunder some seemingly heard clearly what was said and jesus says that voice wasn't for me that was for you that was to get your attention to let you know but you know based on what it said it wasn't angels the voice that came from heaven, Jesus says, Father, glorify your name. And it says, I have glorified it and will glorify it again. He will get our attention in whatever way he needs to and however he sees fit. And so he he's sitting there and he's giving them all of this. And, um, you know, the book of John really breaks us into this entire conversation of Jesus entire ministry was to foretell the prophecies truth uh, up to the point of where everything up to this point has been about me and everything from this point forward will be about me also. And so if you ever have questions, God will get your attention and Jesus is the one that it's all about. Plain and simple. God's word is about Jesus and only Jesus. It's about how he interacted or what he did for us. I mean, because the Old Testament points to him. 
the New Testament speaks of him and the prophets or the apostles, the, the letters refer to him. I mean, everything's pointed at him. Yeah. And so, so, so with focus, if the Bible's focused on him, makes sense that our focus should be also right. (laughs) You would think, yeah, you would think that wouldn't you? Funny how it works that way. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a whole lot happening here. I love, I, I, I love these conversations and I, you know, I don't want to muddy the water for anyone. Obviously we're talking about making sure that we figure out the way to treat others. I don't know if we did that. I mean, we did because everything points to Christ as does the word itself, Christian Christ, like Christ follower. So the easy answer we could have given in the first two minutes of this conversation is simply treat others like Christ would have. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But then what would we have done? Had to fill another 58 minutes. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it is going to be a two parter at this point, I'm sure. And, uh, you know, folks are going to hear this, but the reality is that as we look at this, you know, if you want to know who Jesus is, open the word. And if you want to live like Jesus, apply it to your life. Uh, trust or, or really just allow the spirit to take hold and he will do it for you. It's his spirit. It's the helper that he promised. He said, I will send you a helper. So, you know, and we've looked at a lot of word, a lot of scripture here. Uh, but the reality is that there's there's so much more that we could look at to speak to what we're talking about. But we don't want to do we don't want to read it all to you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> open the word and, and you study it yourself dig in yes absolutely it, dig, yeah any any listener or watcher dig in for yourself don't accept don't accept someone else's view of of Christ and that if the has preacher happened, said that it, happens so much in, in churches right. today in societies today that uh, societies you know at times where we just go with what the preacher says you know or we just go with what we listen in a, to in a society that's so obsessed with fact checking. It's amazing how little people fact check the pastors. Mm-hmm. I encourage it. If, if you think we've said something wrong, fact check it, let me know. We'll, we'll, we'll redact it if we need to. If there's something in the, in here that we've said that is misleading, then let us know. We'll take it out. We'll clarify in another conversation, whatever. Um, but, definitely do appreciate you taking the time to to talk with us here and um you know at the end of part one i would have prayed for you so uh i would like to because uh, you know that's how i that's how i roll here so uh part one will have a prayer just so you know that has i will pray for you and your ministry at the church and the church Mm -hmm. Uh, so i'd like to ask you to pray uh to close this out pray for the folks that have heard it and uh the ministry that we will um, move forward with, uh, you know, just however that, that this will fall on the right ears. Uh, but again, you know, to find peace in the times that we're in right now in how we treat others and how we live and how we react and how we love, 
uh, really, ultimately, it comes down to be Christ-like. Yeah. And, you know, if you need those answers, if if you're not comfortable with that answer, be like Peter. Be like Paul. What was it? Paul even told people. He said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. If you're having trouble with the imitation of Christ, imitate me and as I imitate him. Because the example will be the same. So I'd like to ask you to pray as we close. And uh, again, thank you for joining us on the podcast this week. Okay. Absolutely appreciate it. Let's, let's pray. Father, I just thank you that we have our identity through you. And Father, I thank you that we can focus upon you, that even in, in the, the different stories we've shared and the different instances in your word, we've seen how even with, with someone like the Apostle Peter getting out of the boat, such a, such a great uh, testament of faith that when he lost focus of the sight on you is when he began to sink in the storm. Uh, Lord, I pray that in our own lives that we don't lose that focus. I pray that even in the storm of this pandemic, even in the storm of health issues, in the storm of financial issues, in the storm of where we don't know where the, the next uh, you know paycheck or bill being paid may come from, we know, Lord, that if we stay focused on you, uh, Lord, that, that we'll get through this, whatever this may be. And Lord, I, I pray for Philip tonight. Lord, I pray for his ministry. I pray for him, Lord. I pray you would uh, help him to remain healthy. I pray that you would help him to remain a, a, a clarion call, Lord, in our community uh, of your love and your wisdom and grace and, and what you mean and your great love for us uh, in this broken world. Lord, I just pray that you would uh, help anyone who's listening, anyone watching today. Uh, I pray that they would find that inner peace that can only come from you. Uh, that peace that passes all understanding, as your word tells us. May we understand that that peace is what brings us uh, to that place of closeness with you. Knowing that everything that we say and do should be focused on, on glorifying you and your kingdom. Uh, bringing you all the honor and all the glory that you so richly deserve. I pray you would go with us. I, I ask, Lord, that that uh, throughout this time and each day of our lives, that we would be your servants, that we would demonstrate to others that example of what it means to be committed and, and, and loving you, as you have so richly loved us by demonstrating your sacrifice on the cross for us so many years ago. Lord, we love you, and we thank you so much. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for tuning in with the Where the Wild Things Aren't podcast. You can join us each week. We try to get an episode up by 12 noon every Friday. and We are very blessed to be able to bring this to you. Hope that you can find peace where the wild things aren't. Listen on wherever you listen to your podcast. Follow it. Click it to download so you can get the newest episodes. And again, we thank you for listening to where the wild things aren't.